Hello, and welcome to Her Voice. Today, HerMD Chief Growth Officer Kamel Caruso is joined by Melanie Crystal. Melanie is the founder and CEO of Laurels, revolutionary wearable protection for oral sex. So we're really excited today on Her Voice to be talking to Melanie Crystal, founder and CEO of Laurels. Welcome. Thanks. So excited to be here. Yes, I'm, I've been really excited about this for a few weeks. I was so glad that Caro, uh, my colleague, was able to invite you over to our podcast so we can talk about all things laurels and women's sexual health. So I know, Melanie, you were a lawyer prior to the founding of Laurels. So tell us what that journey and experience was like, you know, quitting what you were doing for many years and starting your own venture. Yeah, for sure. To give um, your listeners kind of an idea of the craziness of the transition, I used to be a lawyer working in, um, you know, a very large international law firm. I did consumer products law, and then I also did white collar criminal defense and corporate investigations. And it was a very interesting area of the law, but it was a pretty conservative work environment. And, you know, I was working on the legal briefs and taking depositions and, um, you know, doing witness interviews and, uh, you know, working on discovery. And it was very much focused on helping my clients lead to the best potential legal circumstances for themselves and their businesses. Right. And what I realized along the line is that I really loved what I was doing but I thought that I wanted something different out of life. I wanted to be able to contribute to people's individual daily happiness. And I thought that that would also bring me more joy in my daily life. But I didn't exactly know what I would be doing day to day that could potentially lead to that. And now what I'm doing is I make silky latex undies for comfort, pleasure, and protection during oral and foreplay. Our products are single-use like condoms. They're feather light on the skin, and they're ultra stretchy and provide full sensation during oral and foreplay. So laurels for protection are our FDA-cleared wearable STI protection for safer oral sex. Laurels for comfort are undies that help you feel more confident and comfortable during oral and Laurels for Pleasure, our sexy skin tight latex for fashion and playtime. And so I basically went from this very corporate conservative environment to helping people have as much oral sex and as enjoyably as they could possibly have it. So yeah, very, very big transition um, in the end. And I, I'm happy to talk more about the details of it, but just kind of to look at it from, uh, yeah. you know, the bird's eye view. It's been pretty nuts. <laughs> that That is so funny. I love that you said that because, you know, I didn't work in women's healthcare until, you know, I joined her MD. And I think like, it must've been a couple of weeks ago, we got this new vibrator that we wanted to carry in our locations, which we are, it's a great vibrator. It's by Maud. And um, we were sitting in a meeting and I just held up the vibrator and I was like, 
look how fast it vibrates and look at it going. And we were all like, this is so very different than any work meeting we've ever had. Totally. And it's refreshing and fun and like, we're doing good, but it's like very exactly what you were saying about being a lawyer and, you know, working in that environment, which is conservative and coming to a place that is very fun and freeing and open is pretty awesome. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I really identify with that story because um, prior to going into law, when I was in college, I had a couple of like spicy jobs. One of them was I was a peer sex educator. And so I would talk with folks about um, you know, safer sex and how to have more enjoyable sex and all of those kinds of things. And then I also worked, I, I thought at one point that I was going to become a theater producer and I interned with the producers of the vagina monologues, which were off Broadway in New York at the time. And yeah. so I was having a lot of work-related conversations that were sexual health related. And yeah. I was very used to that within a you know, business environment or, you know, interacting with, with you know, a quote unquote customers, like the, right. the folks who would come into the sexual health space that I worked at. So I was very used to talking about sexual health in that kind of setting. And then when I went and I worked at the law firm, I actually missed these very, you know, deep conversations that were really getting at the heart of what is often meaningful to people on a day-to-day -day basis you know, I was working on really esoteric topics that are very distant from what make people happy and help them enjoy their lives. So I realized, you know, I, I missed talking about sex. I missed talking about things that brought people joy and kind of helping people have wonderful, enjoyable sex lives. Yeah. I mean, sexual health and having great sex and having sex is a huge barometer for a person's overall happiness Absolutely. and health also. Right. And, and how they feel about themselves, et cetera. But you said, I want to circle back. So you were a pure sex educator. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. So did your prior sex education experience help you want to do that? Like, did you have a good sex ed experience or was it just awful and you wanted to change it and do better? Yeah. So I did not learn anything about sex growing up. Definitely not through my, you know, primary or secondary education. I grew up in like a suburb near Orlando, Florida. And then my, you know, my parents didn't talk about sex at all. Kind of a funny anecdote. When I was in middle school, my mom was looking for books for me because I was reading like a little bit above my grade level. And she was trying to figure out what, you know, what are the high school girls reading and I'll get it for Melanie. And so apparently my mom learned, she, she was a teacher and she learned through another teacher that the high school girls were reading books by VC Andrews. And so she bought me these VC Andrews books and VC Andrew books are, Andrews books are full of sex. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> it's basically like softcore porn. So she didn't realize that she was handing these like this sexual content to like an 11 year old. <laughs> and I, and I took it as, Oh, sex is fine. My mom is comfortable sharing these books with me. 
yeah. and have sexual content. Like I wasn't totally sure that she was okay with it, but it just like overall, it felt like, okay, this is not a stigmatized thing. Sex is, is good and brings people joy and seems like a very lovely part of life that I maybe will experience in the distant future. So I, I think I, while I didn't have any sex education, the overall perception about sex that I had when I was young was that sex was healthy and good. And I think that that is very much what led me to want to be a peer sex educator when I was in college. Another thing that led me into that was I would read the village voice. And at the time, uh, Tristan Teramino, who's a sex educator and a sex writer, and she's worked in the adult entertainment industry as well. So she had a column in the village voice that I would just like scour through every single week. And I was so admiring of her and the way that she wrote about sex and sexuality and how empowering it was. And so I would say that she was a big influence as well. And um, she's actually ended up reaching out to me to talk about how excited she was about laurels. And she is now actually an advisor to the company, which is really amazing and kind of has brought everything full circle because I really did admire her so wow. much when I was in college. But yeah, so I would talk, uh, um, I, I was very open and enthusiastic about sex and sexuality. And that led me to want to, um, you know, teach my fellow students about mm -hmm. how to have safer and more enjoyable sex. And I think all of those things eventually led me to Laurel's. That's amazing. When you mentioned VC Andrews, I just remember stealing my sister's Danielle Steele novel. <laughs> it was like very much equivalent to like VC Andrews, I think. Uh -huh, yeah. Because my parents were the same, did not, did not talk about sex. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't learn about sex at all. That was my, and I went to Catholic school growing up. So definitely didn't learn about sex, learned about abstinence mm -hmm. basically, um, and reproduction and skipped over all the sex part completely. And so I learned a lot about it from Danielle Steele novels. And then my friends, of course, um, and had a very interesting, we can get into it later, but my first like oral sex experience was like terrible terrible because mm -hmm. I was just so like freaked out and nervous and like my partner was like freaked out and nervous and it was just like horrible but when you were a peer sex educator was it for girls and guys both and like what were some of their biggest I'm I'm curious like what were some of their biggest concerns or complaints or you know how did they feel about sex did they view it as as something as healthy as you did I think overall, um, the people that I was interacting with did view sex as healthy and were looking for ways to avoid STIs and also looking for ways to ensure that both partners during the interaction were enjoying themselves and having as good of a time as possible. We also dealt with, you know, situations around consent, ensuring that, you know, everybody who was part of the interaction was giving full consent and that, you know, everybody was aware that 
consent was occurring. We also worked with folks who unfortunately were part of uh, non-consensual sexual activities and worked with them to figure out what their next steps would be and brought them through the healthcare system and answered questions and were there for them after those kinds of interactions. So it was pretty broad ranged and a really good experience that I think has informed a, a huge part of my life subsequently. One of the things that was most relevant to what I'm doing now is when we would talk about safer sex, we would talk about condoms. People understood what condoms were. They were very comfortable with condoms and with using them. But then we would talk about dental dams. And at the time, dental dams were the go-to product that protects against STIs during cunnilingus. And people were very shocked that this product existed. Very few people had heard of it before. And then when we tried to explain, you know, here's how you use one, you hold it on the top and the bottom, be careful to not let it get too loose because then it can move around and that feels unpleasant for the receiver. Also, if you're the giver and it's loose, it can go up into your nostrils and in your mouth and that's uncomfortable. Also, make sure you don't accidentally turn it around because then you are passing the STIs that you're concerned about transmitting. Um, You know, make sure you don't drop it at all because then you have to use another one. And, you know, sorry that you can't use your two hands for other things that you might want to use them for. You need to hold this dental dam in place. And people looked at us like we were crazy. Like, you know, I don't want to hold this item in place. Why is it called a dental dam? How unsexy is that? And it's just, you know, nobody really thought of this as a product that they could easily integrate into their sex lives in the same way that you could a condom, which you slip on. And then for the most part, you forget about it. You don't have to think about it during intercourse. And that's just not the case for dental dams. So yeah, so that, that left a lasting impression. And then over time, you know, here and there, I would find myself using a dental dam, probably because I was comfortable enough with them uh, from teaching about them that I was, you know, able to ask partners, oh, hey, can we use this product? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my user experience with the product was really similar to the skepticism that I encountered when I was teaching about the product. Very uncomfortable to hold it in place. When I was the receiver, I often felt like I was not feeling full sensation because the product kind of folds on top of itself and you end up having four layers of product instead of one layer of product. When I was the giver, I noticed that it would go up inside of my nostrils and into my mouth and it feels very uncomfortable and difficult to breathe. Like these are not the ways that you're supposed to feel during a sexual encounter. You're supposed to be able to feel comfortable and to go with the flow and enjoy yourself. And so I was appreciative that the product existed, but I really felt like it was lacking in particular that you had to hold it in place and that it was so loose um, on the body. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up becoming a lawyer and doing my law job and thinking to myself, maybe I want to do something else, but I'm not sure what it was. And then it was um, on my honeymoon with my then wife. uh, We had an STI in the relationship and it was presenting itself during our honeymoon. And so I, you know, thought, well, I guess we could get a dental dam, but we thought to ourselves, you know, 
we don't really want to use a dental dam. That's so unsexy. Like it's our honeymoon. We want to be able to have free and full, exciting sex. Right. And, you know, even if we had wanted to use a dental dam, they're so unpopular that they're very hard to, to come across. And it would have been really difficult to find one, even if we had wanted to use one. And mm-hmm. that's when I had the idea, what if, what if dental dams were sexy? What, what if, what if they looked like sexy silk lingerie that you could slip on and like they enhanced the intimate experience rather than detract it from it. And it was something that you actually wanted to use rather than something that felt like you had to use. And so that idea kind of formulated in my mind and I started thinking about it all the time and eventually quit my law job to, to start Laurel's. That, that is such a great story. And the way you're describing dental dam, you know, I had heard of dental dam growing up. I had no idea what it was for or why people used it, but having to hold it and stretch it and think about like placement and your, you know, your face and you're not like, just, I'm like, no, (laughs) no. So how long between, you know, that experience of like coming up with this idea and how long did it take for you to quit and really focus all your time and energy on developing the first prototype? It was about eight months from the time that I had the idea to the time I left the law firm. I would say that I, I think I was helped along by the fact that I actually have Tourette's syndrome. I noticed from the time that I thought of the idea for laurels over the course of the next few months, my tics started increasing more and more and more to the point that I would you know, be writing a legal brief and sitting in my office and I would just tick every five minutes. And the ticks were also becoming more kind of all encompassing. Like they felt like I was yelling, honestly. And so I just felt like it was a sign that my body was telling me this is really cool and you need to go for it. Like, don't keep sitting in here writing legal briefs. This isn't what you want to be doing. You want to create silky latex undies for oral sex. And so (laughs) that's how I interpret it. The fact that my Tourette's increased so much over the course of those few months. And so eventually I just listened to my body and I said, I need to go for this. And so I quit my job about eight months later. And uh, being a lawyer, the first thing that I did was work on the patents and intellectual property associated with the product. I wrote the majority of them on my own. And then I brought on a medical devices attorney who had really wonderful experience in this field to, you know, then solidify our final patent applications. And, you know, that's a very long process, but actually over the course of the last couple of years, we've had four patents granted by the wow. U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And then we also have patents pending um, around the world. So that was, I think, a, a good bet that it was the first thing that I worked on. And then simultaneously working to figure out how we were going to manufacture it and how we were going to bring it to market. And essentially the the research and development process ended up taking a lot longer than I had anticipated. It took about three years to get the product to market. 
Um, and that's because a product that is so thin and so elastomeric, but also has this much surface area and can't have any holes in it. Nothing like that had ever been created before. So we needed to figure out how to ensure the thinness of the material and the really great sensation for the receiver while also making sure that the product was tear resistant and didn't have holes in it. So yeah, so we worked really hard to make a product that people would really love to use. Wow. So three years, what was um, product testing like? Did you bring on friends and family and people that you knew to do product testing? Not family. (laughs) My family isn't, isn't sexually comfortable enough to be telling me about their oral sex experiences, but, um, but yes, like I, I was able to test the product a substantial amount. And then I also had many friends who were willing to chip in. Uh, I do have very frank and open conversations with my friends, but not really about these topics with my family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm spoiled because I work with my sister. So we mm-hmm. talk a lot. But prior to working together, we did not really talk about sex, which is really interesting now. And I'm like, why not? We're sisters. But yeah. I totally get that. Um, so three years to develop, and then it was a couple more years to get FDA cleared for STIs. Well, talk, talk through that. Cause like, you know, the FDA is tough. The FDA yeah. is tough. And so we always knew that the FDA process would be a step along the way and wouldn't be a first step. Um, yeah. And for me, that was because I want it to get the company off the ground and not spend many, many years essentially having a product that is ready to be used for a variety of purposes, but not being able to get that product out to people. And so to to back up a moment, once I thought of the idea for Laurels, I was still working as an attorney and um, I started thinking about the idea to myself and then also thinking about it out loud with my friends at the law firm and then, you know, many other friends from other spheres of my life. And, you know, I started talking about these silky latex undies for STI protection during oral sex and how you'd be able to feel everything through them and you could just slip them on and not have to worry about STIs. And I had a lot of my friends say to me, you know, it's really interesting because I'm not, you know, super worried about STIs. I've been, you know, in my relationship for a long time and neither of us had an STI before the relationship and we've tested and, you know, we're feeling okay. So that's not a big concern for me, but I do find myself turning down oral sex really often. People would tell me that they would turn down oral if their partner had a scratchy beard and it physically hurt to receive, they would turn down oral if they were on their periods. A lot of people told me they were interested in trying rimming, which is oral anal sex, and they wanted to do it, but were a little bit worried about repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. People would tell me that they just feel like oral sex feels so intimate and having somebody's face up close and personal felt a little bit too much for them, especially if they'd faced some sort of trauma in the past. And 
I really realized throughout all of these conversations that these undies for oral didn't need to just be for STI protection. They could exist to facilitate so many different kinds of oral sex interactions that would otherwise not be happening. And that was a really big eye-opening moment for me because the idea of being able to help women and people with vulvas across the world be able to have more oral sex sound sounded so amazing. And I knew that I would be able to do that through the STI protection aspects of laurels, but to be able to do it for all of these other reasons too, sounded incredibly exciting. So what the company basically decided to do was to get the product to the point that it was, it would be a wonderful, sexy, enjoyable barrier for all of the other reasons that people might say no to oral when they want to say yes, and Mm -hmm. then simultaneously work on obtaining FDA clearance so that the product could become the dental dam replacement that I dreamed of it being and actually be something that protects against STIs. So we launched uh, in 2018 for comfort and pleasure purposes, Mm -hmm. and people have been using the product for those purposes for several years and loving the product. So when we actually launched the STI protection version, we had all these customers who were able to say, like, we love this product. It brings us so much joy and satisfaction during oral sex. And that kind of takes away some of the stigma associated with using uh, an STI protection product, you know, to actually be able to say, this product is known to enhance people's oral sex lives in a variety of different ways. And now it enhances their sex lives for STIs as well. I think that's so amazing. And having multiple product lines launching first with for comfort and pleasure, because there are so many barriers for women to want or people to want to receive oral sex. Do I smell bad? I'm on my period. I didn't shave, you know, my partner's beard is scratchy, all of that comes into play. And I know that you also talk a lot about the orgasm gap and a lot of women feeling like they can't really orgasm. Most women don't orgasm from penetrative sex alone. I think it's 20 some odd percent. Um, Whereas with oral sex, it's like three X that. So that's pretty amazing to be, have a product that can close that orgasm gap. Absolutely. And and that's exactly what I think of laurels as being a product that facilitates the type of intimacy that ends up leading to more satisfaction and more pleasure for, for women and for people with vulvas. And one of the things that was really interesting to me along the line when I had thought of the idea, and then I was figuring out what kind of research had been done on oral sex. And what I found is that women consistently ranked oral sex as one of their favorite, if not their favorite sexual activities. And Mm -hmm. like you said, three times more likely to lead to an orgasm than intercourse. Yet 87% of women have turned down receiving oral sex when they really wanted to say yes for the, the, all of the reasons that we've mentioned. So it occurred to me that facilitating oral sex and helping people have more of that 
really could be the key to closing that orgasm gap and ensuring that women have better sexual experiences the majority of the time. So it's really one of the reasons that I'm so excited that laurels exist and that we're able to really benefit so many people's sex lives. Yeah, that's amazing. And then um, you also talked about going go to market and your strategy around that. And I know that we all in the sexual health industry have a lot of thoughts about the advertising issues and limitations with sexual health products. And I know you've been outspoken about it as well, because it is a challenge for, for women and people to find sexual health products because of those limitations. So tell us about your experience there as well. Yeah. So Initially, when we first launched, people ended up finding out about us uh, via press articles that came out. Nowadays, the majority of our customers find us through Google searches. Either they've heard about undies for oral and they look that up, or they look up some of the issues that would lead people to want to buy our product, and then they find out about us that way. But over the course of the last few months and really the last year, we've been able to figure out advertising and social media in a way that had really been difficult for us prior. It's incredibly frustrating that most social media platforms censor conversations around sex. It makes it remarkably difficult to Mm figure out how to reach potential customers and how to talk about our product and really how to ensure that people who are looking for information about our products understand what they actually do and don't do. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that's been really difficult for us is that it seems to be okay to say sex, but not okay to say oral sex. So we found that people were asking questions like, is this a contraceptive? Does this protect against pregnancy? And we're like, no, it's not supposed to be used for that purpose. Laurels are for cunnilingus and for rimming, but we can't use those words. So it's been very difficult ultimately to figure out how to convey the message about what laurels do to our potential customers. But after a ton of trial and error, and figuring out what you can say and you can't say. We've hit a nice stride, especially on TikTok. We now have over 110,000 followers and we've really grown that account from, from nothing. And I think that people are really excited to be having these conversations and to learn about new products out there. And although, you know, we do have to censor ourselves and that is, is very frustrating. Sometimes I actually wonder if using euphemistic terminology might Mm -hmm. actually bring folks in to these types of conversations where they otherwise might be uncomfortable about them. Sometimes, you know, these these words can be a little bit shocking and can end a conversation before it begins. And so maybe the euphemisms overall, while I'm not sure that they're good for society, because I would love a society where everybody's comfortable talking about cunnilingus and rimming and vaginas and vulvas and all of those things, but maybe the euphemisms for now in this interim period are a way for people to learn about things that they might not otherwise learn about. Um, so that, that's been the story for us with social media. And then in terms of advertising, 
you know, it really is just about figuring out what those words are that we can use and right. letting folks know that the product exists. And we've, we've had um, a good deal of success with, with advertising over the last few months. We tried a couple of times in the past and it hadn't gone very well. We basically found the right agency partner and they've been doing a really great job getting ads out about the product. That's amazing. That coupled with the educational component, because that's what's, you know, that's what's missing is, you know, women and people are searching for sexual health products and can't find it, don't know what they're for, get the wrong idea. And so in terms of products too, what, what else do you have in the works? Are you working on any new products? Yeah. So, um, so right now we have the three types of undies that we provide. And those are each in two different styles, uh, a bikini style, which is our lower coverage style and a shorty style, which is more coverage. All of our products are currently now offered in an opaque flat color. And very soon we will be launching a sheer version of laurels, which is going to be so exciting for all of those folks who want the coverage of laurels, but also want an aesthetic aspect. Um, and you know, people who want to be showing themselves off to their partners a little bit more. Um, we think that it'll be really sexy and exciting for a lot of people to experience laurels in this way. We also plan on launching a non-latex version. Um, Currently, our product fits U.S. sizes 0 through 20. And we are really excited to be bringing additional sizes so that more people can experience laurels. We also will be creating a men's version of laurels. And then we want to create a range of products that help people enjoy foreplay and coreplay even more. So beyond the undies, uh, there are other, a variety of other products that we intend to add to our line. That is awesome. I love that you're doing a sheer version, a non-latex version. And I, I was going to ask if you were going to mention it, will there be a men's version coming as well? That is so exciting. How can people buy your products through your website? Correct. Yes. So our website is mylaurels.com and that's M Y L oral S you can follow us on TikTok and Instagram and all of the things at my laurels. And then if you're looking for other buying options, we have of retailers throughout the country and throughout the world. And um, you can take a look at the list on our website, on our FAQs page to see if laurels are in your area. If they aren't, we recommend calling your local pleasure product shop and mentioning that you'd like to see laurels stocked. That is how we've connected with many of our retailers. And then we're also available at urbanoutfitters.com as well. Oh, awesome. That's really great. So you've done all this in like three short years. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, not short. <laughs> um, I know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so three years to get to market and then another three years, um, for us to launch our FDA cleared yeah. version. So we're a small company and we're working so hard on getting more and more products out to more people. I would not call this process short. It, it definitely <laughs> has, has, um, 
taken a long time. But then again, if you look at the Lilo Hex condom, and my understanding is that that product development process took seven years and uh, cost millions of dollars. So if you look at it in comparison to that, I think we're on a pretty good timeline. But I always wish that I could have more products out to more people as soon as possible. <laughs> I know. No, I know. It's... um it can seem like a long process. And like, you know, when we're built, we're building clinics and we're like, oh my God, a year, a whole year from like when we sign a lease to when we open, like that's forever. What, what is taking so long? So I totally get that. The, that's so cool though. It must be so much fun to be part of that process. It's definitely a lot of fun. I mean, bringing sexual health care, menopause care to women and people across the country is, is pretty exciting because I mean, you saw the gap there's, there's products, there's a, you know, there's a lack of products, a lack of education, and then a lack of understanding of treatment options, or even physicians who treat women for sexual health and menopause. So it's, it's really exciting to be able to bring that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This was so great. It was such a pleasure. We'll keep in touch. This episode of Her Voice has been a production of HerMD. If you like this podcast, please be sure to share it with your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at HerMDHealth. If you're a provider interested in working with us, please reach out to info at HerMDHealth.com.